The Forever Forest podcast is supported by Football Kit Market and Terrace Life. Go to FKM for all your retro and modern football shirts and go to Terrace Life for all that wonderful football merch. Now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Forever Forest podcast. We made it through the first episode of the season and we're back with another one. This time to discuss all things Bradford and Bournemouth and anything else we can think of that starts with B. Bong? Maybe not. We will also be joined by another guest in the new section. We're still calling Who the Forest Are You? And for those of you who like a brain teaser, a mind twister, a cerebral tickler, threw that last one in on the spot there. I'll be throwing another quiz at the guys to test their knowledge of all things NFFC. So without further ado, let's see who's escaped the EFL post-match disciplinary team and is ready to join us for this episode. First up, she's back by popular demand. Well, I mean, I say popular demand. All the emails were received singing her praises were weirdly from the same account, but pretending to be from different people. Strange, but we love her. It's Lisa Fox. Hello, good evening. How are we doing? I'm all right. Growing strain. How was, um, how was Saturday? Was it a hard day's night? It was. In the end, yeah, you threw me then because I forgot what we were doing. But yeah, <laughs> there you go. Anyone you have to listen to yet? Um, yeah, I needed a bit of help getting back, but we're all right in the end. Um, okay. Moving on. Um, couldn't even do one then. Uh, now, I wouldn't say that she got competitive last week, but I've already noticed a notebook on her desk and what looks like many new Nottingham Forest facts and figures books behind her. With no Steve Corey this week, it's like she's seen the opposition down to 10 men with half an hour to go. Let's hope she does uh, just go for it and doesn't wait till seven minutes from the end. It's Holly Royal. How's it going, Ryan? Not too bad. You know what? Delighted to have survived to episode two of the pod, uh, which is one more appearance than if Howard Bashir was made for Forest. So make of that what you will. No, I make it. I make it something that's really annoyed me that he stole all that money and went anyway. Um, but- <laughs> Last but by no means least, joining us this week for his debut, and you can tell uh, here that it is his debut because of the things I say, he's a collector of antique milk bottles, a part-time artist who loves nothing more than creating images of David Platt out of excrement and fecal matter, and he is known by some as the dancing freak. It's Lee Clark. Hi, Lee. Good evening. How are we all? I'm all right. How's the dancing going, freak? Yeah, really well. Really well. My groin's fine. It won't be when you get freaking. Right, okay. We also will be dropping in a few song titles by a certain band or singer during the pod. If you can work out who it is, shouldn't be too hard if you've listened to the intro, please email us your answer at Forever Forest. No, not at. Oh, I'm going to have to do that as a thing, aren't I? Because there'll be people going, what email starts with at? It's foreverforestpod at gmail.com. That's as clear as mud. And if you're selected at random, you will win a lovely 5% off code for Football Kit Market, home of all your favourite retro and modern kits run by a former host of this show. No doubt when I'm finished, I will be selling socks down at Fanny Island in Skegness and I'll give you a 6% code. Anyway, moving on. Forest, since we last spoke, have played midweek. Well, I say Forest, Forest Juniors. Uh, and then on the weekend, we all gathered by the Trent um, to see sort of the same stuff, but also different stuff. I'm going to start with you, Lee, because you're the new one. You're the new boy this week, mate. Um, so let's do this chronologically. Bradford on Wednesday. Did you go or get to see it? Or like me, did you have to settle for the radio? Either way, what are your thoughts on the youngsters and who you felt stood out and who needs a bit longer on loan or something like that? 
Um, I did go to the game, uh, the Bradford game. Uh, I thought it was quite refreshing, actually. Um, I think it's it's always nice to actually see um, some of the young guns in action rather than just kind of reading a report online. Or I think that the coverage of the under-23 game now with Category 1 will probably get a little bit better. So hopefully we can see more of them in action and, uh, you know, that can be, become a thing of the... Uh, the future but I thought it was I thought most of them did well to be fair I thought it was one of them games where I left and I know as Forest fans we love to pick a yeah but um, but I couldn't really um, I thought Cathy was the player in midfield um, he was the one who was kind of saying to, to the young lads you know I want to hold your hand um, get you through the game uh, but yeah I thought um, Jaden Richardson I would have probably played Jaden Richardson on Saturday to be fair um, the fact he didn't make the squad probably suggests that he was probably still cramping up from all the running he was uh, doing all night but yeah I thought he was probably the one for me him and the other fullback back um, were, were the two standouts for me obviously Carvalho played well got his two goals um, but yeah I think because we, we kind of know what Carvalho can do it wasn't really a surprise to me um, it was lead to opposition um, so yeah I would go for the two fullbacks who really really stood out for me I think it's nice to see it all come together um, like that, really. Um, there's another reference for you. I just keep dropping in and then realising I'm not doing them. Um, with with regarding that, I say it's the hardest thing for me, I think I was saying to somebody on the weekend, was that listening on the radio, I didn't always know all the youth team players. Like some of them, uh, I think it's Babber at the back, for instance. I didn't see what a unit he was. He's a big old lad. Um, and he's like, so I was hearing bits of play. And obviously, I don't know the Bradford team. It's not like it's uh, way back when, when I had my paninis and all stuff like that. So I thought it, it was overall sometimes hard to get with the flow. So from, from your point of view, you were happy with what you saw of them. Is, is there any of them to answer the end of that? Do you think probably that would be the only time we'll see him in that shirt and probably need to go out again? Or what, what do you think in terms of ones who could slip into the first team now? Yeah, I think I think Richardson. You could definitely tell he'd been out on loan before. Um, he he seemed to grow as the game got on. Um, he was perhaps kind of a little bit. I thought if Bradford had scored early on, it could have been a completely different team. I just think a team full of young lads. If if Bradford put one of their chances away pretty early doors, um, it'd have been interesting to see how they would have reacted. To be honest, because a group of young lads with just Cathu in there, uh, might and obviously first team experience as well. But no, I thought they, they grew as the game went on, and and for me. It's probably going to be unlikely. I just think knowing Chris Hewitt, he does favour experience. I think we know that by now. Um, but yeah, I think if anyone is going to make the, the, you know, get the jersey next, it's probably going to be Jaden Richardson. Harvottle was on the bench at the weekend, but again, I think if all our centre backs are fit, um, it's, it's probably not yeah. something he'll look to do just yet. It's funny that you said actually about that because Lisa, I was going to say your bit comes as this: Chris Hewitt doesn't play kids; he hates youth. Was that more of a forced move playing those young guns last week or is it total whiff-waff that he doesn't like youth? And you've got a sub-question. If what we're hearing about Dave Murphy and the policy of going for younger players, does Hewton need to start liking younger players if he doesn't? Um, I think it's a bit harsh to say that he doesn't like younger players. Um, but yes, he does favour the experienced ones, as we saw last season. Um, and I mean, there's, a, there's an old manager, isn't there, that said... Um, you'd never win anything with with youth and we, we've seen it that you actually do you can um so for me I think it's got to be a nice blend but you can't really throw I mean we were playing Bournemouth on Saturday and it was a really really big side you know we're playing we're playing a team that are going to be up there they're going to be in the top six without question um and for us to have thrown that same team in it would have been men against boys literally um so I think 
bringing them in as he did, you know, uh, Gabriel and um, Tutu did get found out a little bit. Um, but, but for me, it was more about the fact that we didn't use our width when we packed the midfield. We, we kind of went compact rather than wide. Um, and that was that was what um, disappointed me a little bit. But there were a lot of flashes in what we what we did on the weekend um, that leave me just quite positive. It's hard to knock them because I, I must say I, I, it's difficult. People often don't want to say things because they think people jump on them. I didn't think Gabriel was great at all. I thought Gabriel actually looked out of his depth on the weekend. I thought he looked like he was going to fill a gap for the minute. The other one, I thought Brennan Johnson was a ghost on the right. weekend. I know you're not allowed to say it because he's a wonder kid and da, da 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 But I'm sorry, if you played to the quality you did last year and you're back in this first team squad and there's all this contract talks going on, you have to stand up to things like that, I'm afraid. You have to be judged as a man, as it were, with the rest of the team. So um, actually, Holly, I was going to move to you on Saturday with actually a slightly more positive point. You got the positive question last week as well, so I don't know if you're just a cheerleader. I'm trying to think that you're not positive, but um, moving on Saturday afternoon, let's start with the overriding positives of it. So give me the difference between what you did when Forest played Stoke, the last game of the season, what your routine for that game was, and then give me what your routine was on Saturday and how they differed and how much better it was. On my routine... Yeah, because mine was sitting in an armchair, uh, oh. just crying. Oh, gosh. Jeez. Right. Sat in my flat with a laptop, um, with a bottle of wine. Um, just in absolute disbelief, texting my brother, texting my friend, no, texting all my forest friends. Just, yeah. I, I mean, numb, I think. I was just completely numb. Um, in some ways, in some weird kind of dark way, wanting to be there and witness it because you just feel... I don't know, but amongst the your pooling kids, of the, yeah, yeah, you want to be amongst everybody else. You want to cry together. You want to laugh together. You want to scream together. You know, I always feel well, we all feel so much better when we're around our forest kin, don't we? In these times, I just felt very kind of isolated. But um, well, it depends where you are. I was in Lower Trenton on Saturday, and if I spoke, oh, we went, "Shut up! Stop shouting!" So um, anyway, but yeah. So compared to, give me what, give me what Saturday was like. What time you were up? Who did you go with? How was, how was the whole feeling? Give me what it felt like on that day for you. Oh, amazing. I mean, I was partly anxious, partly excited because of the COVID situation, if I'm honest. Um, but obviously full of full of excitement just to just to get there and just lap it all up again, finally, after 18 months. I mean, obviously, I live in London, so I have to travel up for the game. Um, met my friend at St Pancras, got on the train, saw some familiar faces. Um, uh Getting to the first pub and the first sip of a pint in the Vat and Fiddle where we go and sat in the in the uh, in the garden as well, which was lovely. Um, and then just making our way to the ground, going over Trent Bridge. I mean, being back there, it just represents normality and escapism and excitement and just home. You know, it's it's a place on the river called home, isn't it? And I just I did I got really emotional going over Trent Bridge and I didn't quite know what to do with it really. Um, and then finally in there, again, a little bit worried about the crowds and stuff, but that soon went A, because of the beer and B, just because of, you know, the general sort of atmosphere and feeling and just getting yeah. up to the ground and walking down those steps again. And it was um, just fantastic. I mean, like you, I always have to come from distance now. It's not like my dad would I'd get a message going and speak to my dad when I was at school and he'd go, by the way, getting out early, we're going to see Forest tonight. And it's from Skeg, it was quite doable. Now for me, like you, it's, it's a bit of a jaunt. So the, the bit that I realised on the way up was there's a lot of people that, especially with stuff going on in my life outside of it, have kept me going. 
over the last yeah. 18 months, not just with COVID, but with breakups and being a dad and all that sort of stuff. People who've sent me sort of messages and looked out for me and vice versa, I've done for them. And I, I think I parked up in West Bridgeford, forgot to put my parking monitor on my phone and completely lost my way back because I'd parked somewhere different. And I come to one pub and I looked and I recognised a woman who off a profile picture and I sort of nodded and she nodded back. And then I thought, I don't know you. And it, but then it was one of them that we've never met. And then, you know, like I'd only, me and Lisa and I met once before, but I met sort of Steve and, you know, Mr. Dorr and God knows what. And it's just yeah. that moment was actually really, even if we've won 6 0 or whatever had happened, I'm sorry to get a bit off the topic of football with it, but I think it's a bigger thing. It felt, even with the, the crappy version of Mullock Sire, it felt like a real kind of moment of it was needed in lots of ways. Yeah, although the fact they've mucked up Mullick and Tyre was a little bit disappointing. I thought we were behind. I, I, I thought they, I thought the fans were going to go. Anyway, don't don't give me start on that one. Don't worry. I, there is a football question coming, Holly. By the way, I don't know. Why, I just <laughs> I put these in an order, and I thought, Christ, I've given Holly the the one that's just to do with that. Felt nice twice. Um, Lee, I saw Gary Burtles today um, talking about the four two three one. Uh, it's it's not a name of a bus or any or a train near him. It's obviously the system we deployed against Coventry and Bournemouth. He was saying Forrest had to sort out the woeful stats from last season regarding the final third. Obviously, we were really bad in every every part of that. But will we do it playing two holding midfielders and with very little creativity? Um, where do you stand on all that? Because, again, I know we shouldn't always harp back to it because it was a different generation and it was Clough and it was all that sort of stuff. But maybe it's a football manager in me that just plays to our strengths more than the opposition's. But especially reading various things from Brighton and some of their fans about it. I'm not turning. I'll tell you what I feel on Hewton in a minute, but do you think we just keep bashing our heads against the wall with that or how do you feel about it? Yeah, I think um, it's a strange one because he clearly favours it and you, you look at someone like Norwich last season, they were very effective with a 4-2-3-1, but the difference being they've got two completely different midfielders to make it work. Um, the, the key element of 4-2-3-1 is ultimately the, the two midfielders. Um if, you, if you're going to play a number 10, but then put nobody behind them to get them the ball, then you're just banging your head against a brick wall. Um, so we said on Saturday, it was kind of a bit like yourself, really. You don't really want to keep questioning managers. This is why they're paid money to be managers and we're not. Um, but I'd just like him to kind of say to the fans, look, I do, I do recognise it's not working and just, just be bold and try something completely different. Um, if he does it and it doesn't work, um, but by being different, I don't mean just play four four two. I think that's again another lazy assumption that if you put an extra man up top, you're going to automatically get more of the ball in the final third. You still need someone in that midfield engine room to ultimately link it up. Now, the big problem we've got at the moment is: have we got a player in our squad who can do that? Um, the one name I've thought about today, uh, going back to the Bradford game a little tiny bit, Tyrese Fauna. Right. Um, so I need to ask you about him because for those who like me didn't see him, I've heard the name for a while. But what kind of position do we, does he play? I don't, I'm not trying to put a square peg around Hall or go Billy Davis, but where is he comfortable and what did he look good at doing the other night? Well, what I liked about him is he, he always wanted the ball. Um, and again, nothing against Ryan Yates or Jack Colbert, but I think ultimately they're probably both more comfortable when it comes to sticking their foot in or laying off a little ball that might be 10, 15 yards um, to the side or sometimes backwards. Whereas what I liked about Fauna is his first look was always forwards. Um which ultimately in turn allowed both fullbacks to get forward. They knew he'd got the ball and they thought, right, that's it, we're on. Um, and they've, they've gone sort of 10, 15 yards further up the pitch. Um, so, yeah, again, it, it goes back to the, what we've been t- talking about previously, though. If, you, if you're throwing him, is it a case of 
he, he might sink straight away. He's, he played 40-odd games in League One for, for Plymouth, but this is the championship. There is teams like Bournemouth, and it, it's, it's going to be a case of uh, try it out and see. But I just think with the Yates and Colback experiment can't go on for much longer for me. Um, that's that's kind of come to a, an end now for me. I think for me, they've, they've almost become a bit like a, a top and sail where I thought Yates' first half Coventry was really good. I mm. thought he was really, really good. Second half, everyone disappeared. This game, I actually thought Colback was better. But at the same time, looked like a bit of a liability sometimes. I'm comparing it with Colback that I've seen the ghost of the last year versus the one we had at the start. But talking about the creative stuff, uh, Lisa, the creative option. So Zinkenagel, to me, looked busy and looked vocal. Finn. I liked him, Finn. especially a bit of a finger he threw to the ball with the fans at one point, which was pretty good. Always cheerleading, giving it some arms. I mean, I thought when he was near me as well, he's a cracking looking bloke. I'd kill to look like that. <laughs> um, Lolly still for me isn't back to the Joe we know, whether we'll see it or not. I mean, it's better. It's a bit like Holback in a way. I'm seeing more Joe this year than I was last year, but I'm still, we, we all know what he can do or could do. Brennan, as I've said, quiet all game. And we brought Martin and Carvalho on for seven minutes, or whatever it was. Um, but so we're only two games in, but if Forrest sign no more midfielders and attackers in this window, do you think we've actually just got enough quality fun on from Lee's saying to actually threaten sides this season? Um, let's talk about Zinkan I could start off with, because he was everything he touched. It seemed like we were going to create something. Um, and that with that kind of was really exciting to watch just how how good he has or, or how well he has slotted in um, and there's got to be more to come from him so so I am really really excited about that um, Johnson had a quiet game um, had Yates's 25 yarder just literally gone millimeters the other way it would have been been a completely different story um, and I felt that he kind of sat further and further back as the game went on and, and Colback was covering the pitch a little bit more and I thought it was a completely the right decision to take him off um but we do need some creative spark it's, it's been a problem for Forrest for a few seasons I mean the season before last Brabham kind of created stuff for himself out of nothing um and I know Brennan didn't have his best game on Saturday and for me I'd have actually taken him off over Lyle Taylor because I thought Taylor was actually his movement and his um quality off of running off the ball for me on Saturday was actually really, really good. And I couldn't understand what was, what the, what the booing was about. I don't know what the booing was about. I don't know whether it was aimed at him or whether it was aimed at the fact that he was going off so late. Um, I honestly don't know. The booing during which one? When, when T Taylor was substituted. Right. Off over the, under the Trent end, he was clapping the Trent end and there were boos from places around me. Right. And I was like, what's that all about? Because what was it that the decision to take him off was so late? Was it who was coming on? I couldn't quite get my head around what. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't take the, he doesn't take the knee, so it can't be a lot of those idiots. Um, so I'm trying to think, uh, by the way, my level on that is that shouldn't boo that if you couldn't guess that people. Um, I was just trying to pick out who might have been doing it. I didn't hear that at the time and I'm not suggesting it wasn't because, uh, you know, it's like when Saka came on for Arsenal tonight, I definitely heard boos as much as they were lovely to him. But some, Brentford fans were saying they didn't. So, uh, by the by, obviously, overall, a positive thing. Um, I'm not sure because, you know, I, I'm still surprised to see um, Taylor there in lots of ways. Uh, I think we've heard a lot of stuff during the summer and God knows what. But I still thought he put a shift in with it. I still thought he was getting himself about. In fact, I'll throw this in now for all of you. I've got a good question for you. You've got a really stinking one coming in a minute, Holly. So just hold on. Um, someone, Sam, who is at Forest or Magic on Twitter, said, marks out of 10 from the panel on Lyle Taylor's performance on Saturday. Start with you, Lisa, because you were just talking about it. 
Uh, I, uh, to be honest, I thought he was probably a solid six, six and a half, seven. Oh, that's uh, a bit crap. <laughs> but, but, but for me, it was, it was, it was a, a performance. I said before the game, I said to you before the game, I didn't expect us to win it. So for me, the expectation was there that actually if we got anything out of the game, it was going to be a good point or better. Um, and we were just undone by bad defending, but I didn't think we played particularly badly. So Taylor on a par with everybody else, um, he was better than some, he was, he was worse than a couple of others. Um, so I think, yeah, six and a half, seven isn't actually unfair. Lee, what are you giving him? Give me a score. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit higher. Um, I would probably go maybe towards a seven and a half. I, I thought he did enough to warrant. I used to do player ratings and I stopped doing them purely because it was like, you'd put them on Twitter and people would go, oh my God, have you got eyes? Did you, did you watch the game? This sort of stuff. So I just stopped mm. doing them. But I used to take six as like an average. If they don't really do anything, you stay on a six. I thought he did enough to, on that basis, probably warrant going up to a seven and a half. And I actually thought the booing when he came off was possibly, I don't know for definite, but it but sounded to me like... It, I wouldn't have taken him off either. I think it was more. That's what I mean. Do you think it was because he was coming off? Because he was bringing him off? Yeah, I think it was more because it was a like for like substitution. Um, mm. I, I don't think the, the crowd sort of liked that element. They were crying out for just a change in shape. Um, but again, that's just that's just what I thought. Uh, but well, yeah, seven, seven and a half for me. Holly, before I give you an, your uh, bit of a nasty question, what are you going to give uh, Lyle Taylor out of out of four? Out of four? Yeah, why not mix it up? They called me the mixer. Let's give him a four. No, uh, let's say 3.5. I think it was one of his, possibly one of his best. And not, he just really grafted. He really just stuck and he did the dirty work as well on Saturday. He was um, the battler in midfield that managed to get the ball into Ryan Yates, didn't he, for that shot that went off the bar. Mm. You know, um, yeah, I was really, really impressed by him. Um, I think if he'd scored a goal, then I think that would have been a near, well, not perfect performance, but a very, a, a lot more promising Lyle Taylor performance than we've seen in, in recent times, definitely. Well, I could hardly see him because I had a bloke sat in front of me with what seemed like the most luminous shirt I've ever seen in my life. So I was blinded. So I'm going to give him five. Now, I, I, I think he was a. Do you know what I've just realised as well? If you're sat near somebody who's. I've got it behind me, but I've got this banner. If you're sat near somebody who's got the third shot on this season and the goal goes in, you can see yourself because you know you're next to one of the people who's wearing that shirt. It's great. Um, a bit like in when we played Sheffield United, when Reedy and Jenis were playing, I think, years ago. Or Gina, sorry, it was Jenis when I, when I first saw I'm sure it's what we also used to say. I had an orange night jacket on. I was going to my mum, that's me going mental. She went, why are you shouting at that? Oh, God. Anyway, um, your question that's a bit of a, a bugger, as I'd say, in a lot of ways, Holly, is uh, Samba. Time's dropping, minutes It's cost us four points. Oh, it's a difficult one. Um, he was a bit of a talisman last season, wasn't he? And obviously he was a bit of a cult hero. Um, Got complacent though, hasn't he? Holly got really complacent. Yeah, I think he has been slightly at fault for the goals uh, so far this season. Um, I'd like to see, um, I'd like to see the new guy given a go, just to kind of push him because that's what he's been brought in for, right? You know, to kind of push Samba that that bit further and just kind of, you know, make him sort of not rest on his laurels and uh, be complacent. But yeah, um, I love Samba. Um, I loved him under um, Lamucci. I thought he had a fantastic season. But he's been a bit off the ball for a while now, I think, steadily declining. Um, I don't think he's as bad as as some make him out to be. But, yeah, I think, I don't know, the jury's out on that one, I think. Same question, but slightly different to you, Lisa. Um, Chris Hewitt, how many games left? Oh, that's a tough one. I'm not here for the easy stuff, I told you. I'm the mixer, the dirty mixer. That's the what they call me. The dirty mixer. Um... 
I just well, made that one up on the spot well, as well. We've, 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 last season, we were four games in with no points and we decided to make the change. Um, I think given the fact that COVID has affected a lot of clubs, every club financially, um, he might well have a bit more time um, because he, he is under a contract and I think the regime won't want to be paying people off as we possibly have seen with certain players um, if rumours are to be, be believed that um, they're on a stupid amount of money and we're, we're not going to just tell them that they can go because we'd have to pay them off. Um, so with Hewton, um, we haven't really, we haven't signed anyone. We've got two, three more, two more weeks of the of the window. Um, something's got to happen, hasn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, I'd ask you the same sort of question in a point, Lee, because I think it's, I'll, I'll just tell you where I stand on it first, is that for me, it's it's actually more to do with I don't want to see another managerial change because I firmly believe that the current manager, whoever it would have been, is dealing with the ghost of four different managers in, in that squad. I still think it's a mix of squad. That's what's sickening me. I don't want to see the 58th manager in three years, but it's not helping himself by the fact that, that the way the team does seem to have more ability in it. What do you think on that, Lee? Again, it's so tricky, isn't it? I think... I I always think in my life I've we've typically appointed when it's been coming to watching Forest week in week out we've typically appointed the wrong manager um, or should I say not the manager that we should appoint at that time that the fans you know genuinely right want. man wrong time you mean that kind of yeah so yeah. I, I, when we appointed Chris Hewitt, and I was like right finally we've got the bloke that I I personally would pick but it's just been it's difficult to kind of really I'm not one for slagging managers off anyway but it with the COVID stuff as well, it's even more so. And, and as Lisa rightly says, there's potential that we've got players who aren't even training with the squad on silly amounts of money. And mm. that all happened before he came to the club. So I think Forest fans typically want everything to happen yesterday. Um, and it, 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 for me, it's time that we just, he's going to get, for me, he's going to get 10 games at very minimum. The, the calling for his head right now is very premature for me. Um, I think also you've got a lot of people who've not been able to voice their opinion for a long time other than Twitter. And I think you've had the first time and you've had the Carvalho and all that going on the weekend. Um, that's kind of section over. You might have noticed if you're on the pod, not what we've been joined by a special guest uh, for the section we're going to call Who the Forest Are You? I'd like to say first of all, good evening, Jerry. Good evening, Ryan. Oh, thank goodness. I can hear him. We haven't even tested that. So, so I, knew we'd, I knew we'd be fine. I knew it. Um, so, Jerry, um, I don't know if you heard us do this last week, but the guys got Lisa yeah. and Lee and Holly here, and they are going to toast you. Hello, Holly. Um, Hello, Lisa. Hello, Lee. Yeah. Now, um, you've got... Uh, I'll start with the first question myself. You have a connection to Forest, so we can go on with this, right? I, I do indeed, yeah. Excellent. So... Uh, I'm going to give them, uh, I was originally doing it yes-no last week, just because I thought it kept it within a reason. So let's maybe go with a yes-no round, then a bit of a free round, and either if you're bored or if they get it, which I, I don't think they will with you, Jerry. Um, we'll go with Lisa first. A yes-no question for Jerry, Lisa. Yeah, go on. Because you're the first one in my corner. You're up there, so. Hi, Jerry. How are you? Hello, Lisa. I'm well, thank you. Good. Look, like there's a lot of forest memorabilia in the background there. Um, so my question... <laughs> it doesn't have to be yes no we can go on whatever my you question um is any of the memorabilia in the background to do with what connection you have with forest no you're referring to my junior agogo shirt i think which is a centerpiece there right you know it's not nothing to do with that nice touch with the agogo there as well um lee over to you because you're next in my uh in my list here hi joey hello um my question 
on the spot a bit here. I've been thinking. Uh, right, okay. Um, I'm 34. When you've had this connection to Forest, was I born? I don't think you were, no. Okay. No. Now, Holly, you've had the longest, so you should have a really good question by now. And Lisa, you're next, so you know. All right. <laughs> Talk about pressure. I'm going to have the crappiest question ever. Evening, Jerry. Pleased to meet you. How's it going? Hello, Holly. Nice to see you too. Good, good. Um, so, did your job involve working alone? Did my job involve working alone? Or as part of a team? So is, was it alone? I suppose it's yes and no. So it's was it alone? Yes or no? No, no. Okay. I can see Jerry. I sort of know. I know what this is. I can see Jerry sort of going. I kind of want to say a bit more, but I'll tell you what. Well, this is a free around, Jerry. So hopefully there'll be a bit more. Okay. You don't have to be yes/no on this one, so you can give a bit more info because okay. you know Jerry didn't play for Forest. In case that's what you're thinking, so let's just get that one out there. Uh, go on, Lisa. Over to you. Okay, my question then is: Your connection to Forest, you, or is it a family member? Oh, that's a good question. Actually, it's a family member. Ooh. But would, would it be right in saying you're kind of involved as well in the story? I, I'm, I'm heavily involved in it, um, but the original connection was a family member. That's fair. We'll do that if that's, I think that's fair. Lee? Hmm. I think on that basis, I've got to ask, was... Was the family member actively involved with the first team? Ooh, um, I, I think the answer to that is yes, but not in a playing capacity. That's fair. That's fair. See, a yes, no, you'd have been dead there, Lee. Because, yeah. yeah. Holly? I think we're going to give them... I'll let Joey decide. After Holly's, we could have one or two more questions each. If anything, now, uh, much the tea's ready or anything like that. Well, it's late. Yeah. Go on, Holly. Did your job within Forest have something or some connection towards the um, 1979 and 1980 European Cup winning Forest sides? You're asking that question because I'm wearing the, uh, the Forest T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, and the answer awesome. to that is no, I, I've never had a job at Forest. Right. Okay. Remember, Holly, Jerry is connected to somebody who was more of the connection with Forest. Right, sorry, yeah. No, it's all right. So, Jerry, do you fancy one more from them and then you let yeah, out? Yeah, 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 let's go with I, that. I apologise for the uh, for the interruption. <clears throat> I think it's only fair that they get another go. I do. I agree. I think you're a fair man. I, I read the report and it said you were, so we'll go with it. Lisa, your final answer and then maybe, it, you know, depending on what Jerry says, we'll probably go around and just give us what you think it is after this question. So, go on, Lisa. Lisa loves picking okay, I'm just going Okay, I'm just going to recap on questions that have been asked already. <laughs> so... Lee's 34. Is that what you said? Um, so it's prior to that. Yes. That wasn't my question. <laughs> Stop, that's not my question. It's prior to that. That's me talking. Um, okay. Holly's was 78, 79, 90, 80. Okay. Um, let's go back further then. Is it anything to do with 1959? Yes. <laughs> It's the first time in about eight questions of us doing this in the two episodes, someone's actually got something bang on. And Lisa, you're going to have a chance to answer what you think it is first after Lee and Holly's questions. Lee. Um, so if it's something to do with 1959, 
Did you attend that particular game? No, I didn't attend the game. No, I was uh, I was nine years old. Okay. You know, it's better than that, Lee. We wouldn't just get somebody who just <laughs> into the cup final. Come on. Uh, Holly, your final question. If it starts with, when you worked at Forest. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to have to do bloody well here, Jerry, I must admit. I Were you a both. mascot for the FA Cup final? <laughs> no, I no, I wasn't. No, no. It's not, not a bad punt, Lisa. It's your, give me one answer of what you think it could be. Oh, my God. If you if they pull it off now, there's some sort of weird voodoo going on because you've got nothing, really. Go on, Lisa. Is it a, a, a you're not even going to throw one in? I think it's unfair that you've come back to me first. Oh, it's just the order I'm going. I got the yes question. Oh, you've won. That's it. You've won. That's it. Jerry's answer is it's um, 1959. Well done. <laughs> See what I have to deal with, Jerry. These. Is it? I don't know. Did your family member clean somebody's boots? No, they didn't do that. Lee. Right, well, my theory with the last question was, if you were at the final, I thought you might have been in some sort of officiating capacity. <laughs> my, ge my guess will be, was your dad the assistant referee on the cup final? <laughs> You're getting close with my dad, but he actually wasn't at, at the cup final. Holly, you've got all the gold in front of you. Bring it home. You've got all the comments, all the answers. It comes to you. I'm so crap at this. Um, I don't think anyone's going to get one all season. It's going to just be like... <laughs> you, do, you know, do you know you need to blame? Dan on the podcast, because Dan knows Jerry, and Dan said Jerry would be the man, and but he's not going to be on this week. <laughs> so uh, it's Dan. I have to say, right, no way I would have got um, someone screwing the tricky tree on the side of the Trent end stand last week. So No, no, but it's, it's a nice level rather than just having the same old players, we think, Jerry. That's what yeah, we're yeah. So. Now, yeah. Holly is about to tell you what it was your dad did, like you didn't know. Did your dad present the FA Cup to... And I'm really sorry, I cannot remember the name of our captain at the time. Bob McKinley. Yes. Mm. No, he didn't. Close that one up. That's done. So, Jerry, here's a little drum roll. Please tell everyone and everyone listening what your connection is to who the forest are you? Well, um, my dad made the suits for the Nottingham Forest team when they went to Wembley for the FA Cup final. And there's a little bit of a story around it relating to me uh, and why, why, why it's my connection with Forrest as well. Because I'd moved up from London with my, with my family um, a couple of, uh, couple of years before, and I was a West Ham fan. I was born in East Ham and was sort of a, a loose West Ham fan. Um, but my dad got the contract uh, to make the suits for the team in 1959. He was the manager of Horn Brothers on the corner of Long Row and Clumber Street. And as part of the, uh, the contract, part of the deal, um, he had the FA Cup in the window for two weeks when the team got back. And so my brother and I were taken down by my mum every night and we took the, the FA Cup out of the window, put it in a large box and walked with my dad and the policeman over the road, Martin's Bank on the other side, at, at the end of the Burton's Arcade, and put the cup, the FA Cup, with the red ribbons and the white ribbons into the safe in the bank. 
and came back. So in the course of two weeks of lifting the FA Cup out the window, I think I may have missed one or two nights, but in the course of the two weeks, um, I stopped really becoming a West Ham fan and became a Forest fan. And that's that's the connection. So Jerry's, yeah, Jerry just used to walk the FA Cup to the bank every night. Yes, as you do. After his dad had made the suits. Do you know, just as the tutorial part of me, do you remember what the suits were like at all? Because I've seen Jack with the cup and God knows what, but I haven't seen the suits. What, do you know what they were wearing? Or Well, you would probably say today that they, they were rather old-fashioned, high-waisted and grey. Mm, right. they they're all identical as well, of course. I'm sure it still beat the uh, Liverpool uh, horrors that we saw in those cream ones you know, back in the day. Uh, but listen, um, i just like to say thank you, Elisa, Lee, Holly. I mean, kind of got a bit close, but overall thoughts on that one? I mean, we've had someone scoring the, the badge on the Trent end and now a man who walked the FA Cup to the, the bank after his dad had made the suits. It was just getting better, isn't it? Absolutely brilliant. Love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, love it. Thanks for that, Jerry. Yeah, everyone, let's have a yeah. round of applause. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Thank you, thank you. Oh, Sorry. The technical interruption. Don't worry about it. Oh, while you're here as well, Jerry, what's your? Uh, I mean, I won't ask you about Antonio and West Ham. It sounds like those days have gone. Um, but what are your thought of Forest so far this season? I know it's not the greatest question so far, but what's your thoughts and going forward, what do you think is going to happen? Well, the first thing, Ryan, is it was absolutely fantastic to be back in the ground after what nearly eighteen months away. It was terrific. Um, it, the result was bad, obviously on Saturday. Um, I didn't think they played too badly, but I, I thought once we once we got them, or once they got down to 10 men, I was a little surprised that we didn't become a little bit more attacking. Um, and obviously, Mr. Hewton's got reasons for that. Um, I would have liked to have seen Carvalho on. I'm a big Carvalho fan. I would have liked to have seen him on much earlier. Uh, immediately, they went down to 10 men. But, you know, onwards and upwards. Um, as you realise now, I've been a Forest fan for rather a long time. So um, nothing overly disappoints me. <laughs> This is it. I mean, I've said a few things in life, like having to tell a load of people in Skegness that the bingo has been cancelled makes me fear no man. But at the same time, not fearing disappointment is because of being a Forest fan. So it's, it's all uh, so it's, we're all going one way with it, mate. Jerry, thank you again so much for joining us, mate. And uh, yeah, I can't wait for that. Let the public try and guess what you did. And you, Reds. I look forward to hearing the podcast. Bye, guys. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Bye-bye. There you go, guys. That was uh, that was Jerry. That's uh, brilliant. Just every week we're getting... Uh, wonderful situations for you all which I, I kind of hope you're never going to guess that's kind of the point um Lisa you felt like you were robbed in some way because you got 59 and then the others stole it or no, no. Well, well nobody stole it because nobody got it oh okay <laughs> well, are you gonna are you gonna call it a moral victory though because you said yeah, completely <laughs> completely it's that that where the heck did you get that from <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, as I said, it's Dan. It's a you know a connection with Dan. So when he's on the next, you'll have to ask him. Um, brilliant. So I'm re- I mean, just can't even imagine that. It's just the thought of walking the FA Cup and stuff like that. So we are going to move on to the world of the quiz. So no, Lisa, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. Um, I'm just going to do that really, really quickly. Okay. So. Moving on to the quiz, it's going to be really, really easy this week. So we've had quite a lot of feedback. I mean, some people just want to hear me pretending to be a load of moaning fans, but we'll save that for special moments. I actually didn't get hit by anyone at the city ground on the weekend, which was quite nice. Um, and a lot of people go, oh, I like that when you pretended to be... Yeah, you know, it was first game of the season. There's a reason for it. This one is a game of higher or lower. Now, obviously, that's normally a thing between, you know, the Bruce Forsyth kind of, no, good game, yeah, I'm going to do all that business. Um, but this is going to have a bit of a different format because there's three of you. So the order is going to be... We'll move it round, but on my screen at the minute, it's Lisa, then it's Lee, 
then it's Holly. It's just the order you are on my screen. So that's the fairest way of doing it. I'm going to start you off. There'll be about 10. And I'll give you the first one, for instance, Lisa. And you're just going to say if the next thing is higher or lower. Now, what could happen, don't blame the game, blame the rules kind of thing, is that you could get all of them and at the end mess it up and one of these two come and nick the point, okay? In total, there's four. And do you know why there's four? Because when you go on the internet and try and find stats on Nottingham Forest, like goal scorers, they only give you the Premier League a lot of the time. There needs to be an all-central position for a lot of stats because I tell you what, it's a bloody nightmare. Anyway, moving on. Lisa, this is a... Oh, you'll like this one. This is a... Goals for Forest. I'm going to start you off with Lee Chapman, who's got 15 goals for Nottingham Forest in the time he was with the Reds. Teddy Sheringham, higher or lower? Higher. Lower, 14 to his 15. Teddy Sheringham scored 14 goals for Forest. Lee Chapman scored 15. And if that is wrong, I'm blaming Google. So with that in mind, Lee, Teddy Sheringham, 14. Gary Ball, higher or lower? Lower. Gary Ball scored one goal for Nottingham Forest, so it is lower. Now, you could see the next one go one or two ways. Your next one up is Jean-Claude Dacheville. Higher or lower than one? Higher. Oh, sorry, Holly. It's still Lee's go. <laughs> Lee, you stay on now. It's my fault. Uh, okay, but it was okay. good because I thought Lee, I didn't see the screen. I thought Lee went higher. I thought, wow. But do you want to stick with what Holly said? Uh, yes. How many more do you think he got than Gary Ball? Um, did he get one more? He got two. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. So Jean-Claude Darcheville, who I did see score, uh, has got two. So next up, higher or lower, Lee? Robert Rosario, did he score more than two? For those kids who uh, don't know any of these names, look them up under the title, shit. I'm sorry for the expletive, but these were really bad players. Um, sorry if you're listening, Robert. Uh, Robert Rosario, more or less than two goals? Definitely, I'm I saw sure, him. I'm not sure if he might have been a one-goal wonder, so I'll go lower. Oh, I, I definitely saw him score against Grimsby. I think first game of the season, won 5-3. Their keeper missed it at the Trent end. Uh, he scored three for Forrest. So we're moving to Holly. Holly, your moment is here. here Robert go. Rosario scored three goals for Forrest. Neil Shipley, higher or lower? That's one of them players who did well everywhere and come to Forrest and was absolute shit. <laughs> and I've also never heard a good story about him as well. Anyway, interesting story. I don't know. Holly? I'm going to go lower. Scored one goal. You were correct to go lower. So again, the one gives you that thing of going, is it non or the next one is Robbie Finley. More or less than oh, one. I just remember his horrendous miss. Um I thought he was the hope. I thought he was the man. <laughs> Robbie Finley, more or less than one. More, higher. He got three. Oh. Yeah. Lisa, do you like this game more than last week? Is this okay? Okay, good. Just check it. Robbie Finley got three. There is four more to go. Ian Wright, right, right. More or less than three. For those who didn't know, yeah, Ian Wright, the pundit guy you see on the TV, played for Forrest. This is tricky. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to go more higher. Ian Wright, in 10 games, scored five goals. Hey. Yeah, so much Sheffield United. I remember in that uh, purple leaf blue kit. That's... Right, Ian Wright, you've got three more to go. More or less than Ian... I'm saying this backwards like Yoda. More or less than Ian Wright, did Lee Glover score? One from the 90s, if you all. Lee Glover, more or less than five. It's a good game as well, Lisa, because if you don't, if you're not doing it, you don't have to do anything for ages. It's pretty good, isn't it? 
Ian Wright, five. Lee Glover, the man who famously, if you want to watch the 91 Stuart Pearce Cup final, pushed the wall right out of the way. Brilliant. Oh, I'm going to go lower. He scored nine. Oh. He was there a lot longer than Ian Wright as well. Lisa, yeah. Lee Glover, you could come in and steal it. Lisa's going to love this quiz now if she nicks it. You've got two to go. Lee Glover, he scored nine. How many higher or lower did Des Little score? Yeah, that's right. It's a right back. Why has he put that in? Ooh. Ooh. The mixer. Blooming book as well. And I can't oh, the Des Little, I scored lots of goals book. Well, no, it wasn't a list of goals, but he definitely scored more than a couple of others. Ooh, I know. That's I'm going to go higher. As if Des Little scored, but he scored three. I don't care. Oh, well, you should. <laughs> I still um, like this game. Final one. Ali, Des Little, three. Andrea Salenzi, the first Italian to play in the Premier League, more or less than Des Little with three. It's got to be lower. He didn't score a fucking goalie, and I'll, I will swear at that point. He didn't score a single goal, and apparently Dave Bassett ripped up his contract and said, oh, God. Uh, so, yeah, you've won that round. Well done, Lee. That's one point to you. Excellent. So that was what I've called the goals uh, for Forrest bad. This is the goals for Forrest good. We're going to start with you, Lee. Brian Roy, 24 goals for Nottingham Forest. Again, look him up, kids. He oh, glided like he was on butter. Brit Sombalonga, more or less, and Brian Roy. This, this is as much as I could with the stats, all comps, apart from County Cup, which got defunct for some reason. I think Brit Sombalonga scored about 30. Dear. So I'm going to go Brian Roy, 34. I'm going lower. No, Brian Roy got 24. I'm going higher then. You were right to. He got 30. Okay. That's really sad. That he got 30? No, that I know he got 30. Oh, yeah, well, well, I'm glad that you said it because it shows my stats were correct as well. Right, here's one. Britta Sumbalonga, 30. Ian Wohn. Tell me what your mind is thinking because I would be going, was at the club longer? Wasn't a striker, but... My mind is thinking... My mind, instead of being great goals rather than a great goal scorer. Definitely scored um, some good ones in him, won't he? But he did spend a long time with us. So did I, Terry the kit man, to be honest with you, Lee. Yeah, but he didn't. true. And he didn't score 30, did he? Um, let's go... I'm going to go lower. He scored one more than Brit. He got 31. So, Holly. Get, some, of the, some of these bits are easy, you'll see, uh, in some ways. Ian won 31. Nigel Clough. Higher. How much higher? Oh. There's no points for him, I'm wondering. That's a, that's a curveball. Um, it's, about, it's about 70 higher. He got 102 yeah. goals. So you're on, you're on a roll. Nigel Clough, next up, Ian Storymore. Going a bit older there. Nigel Clough, 102. Ian Storymore. Oh, just picture him in that beautiful 60s kit. Um, higher. By three, 105. Ooh, yes. Well done. Gary Bertels, higher or lower than 105. Two spells with the club. Yeah. Very successful team. I'm not trying to sway you either way. I'm just doing some stats for people going, who's he talking about, Dad? <laughs> Gary Burt of Nottingham Legend. I am going to go... Ooh, lower. 30 lower, it's 70. Did you know that, Lisa? 
Would you have gone with that? Okay. Part of me, I want Holly to do well, but at the same time, because of some of the names at the end and because that she might know them, I kind of want Lisa to mess up at the end. Um, so Gary Burtle, 70. Stuart, Psycho Pierce, more or less than 70. Oh, I should now, know Now, you do know that Stuart scored a in lots of goals for a left back. Did he score 16 in one season? Just giving you that out. And I think it was a season where none of them were Benz or something. Mad. That isn't trying to sway you with it, Holly. I'm just giving you the facts that it wasn't four, obviously. Bertle 70, Pierce, higher or lower? Bertle 70, Pierce. Mm-hmm. Higher. Oh, sorry. I was choking on water. Um, 63, Stuart Pierce. So it moves oh. to Lisa just at a really good time. 63 goals from left back. Honestly, I can't remember which season it was, but it, you know that thing? I love it. If you didn't even know this, guys, if you're a bit younger than us, the Pierce thing of putting his head down, laying it off for the one-two and just going. That sort of angular charge. Oh, couldn't stop him. Uh, Stuart Pierce, 63. Stan Collymore, more or less than 63, Lisa. Stan, 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 hey. It's quite easy if you think about it. <laughs> Let's have a little let's work. Let's work as a group session. How many seasons were you with Forest? Two. How many goals did you get in the first season? <laughs> no. Come on, roughly. I remember important goals. <laughs> oh, he got three goals. Nice one. In three important ones. In two seasons, do you think he scored more than 63? No. No, so go lower. It's correct. It's 41. It was actually yes. something like, it was like 19 and... 21 or so he scored more than yeah. yeah. Um, so we're moving into the good area now. Stan Collymore got 41 goals. How many did my mate used to call him 50p Ed because of the way he headed it for some reason and he didn't support Forrest? Dexter, Dexter Blackstock. <laughs> How many did Dexter score compared to Stan Collymore? His name, yeah. Uh, 41 for Stan. How many for Dexter? Lower, two more, 43. Shame, wow. Um, Lee. You've got the juicy end, the juicy dangler. You've got two more to go. Dexter Blackstock, 43 goals. See, this guy I call Twat Van Donkey, but Pierre Van Hoydonk, um, I never idolised and hated some of these such equal measures, apart from high ex-wife. Um, so Dexter Blackstock, 43. How many for Pierre? That's a good one, that. Because you go into yourself, Pierre was five times better. Yeah, he got <laughs> stacks in the championship, didn't he? But I'm not. Then he went on strike and got all Mardi, didn't he? Um... I'm going to go lower. He scored 36 goals for Forest. Um, so, yeah, and they were, as you say, nearly all of them in the championship. So, the last one is Pierre Van Hoydonk, 36. Mr. Andy Reid. Look at Lisa's face. I wanted you to end on that one, Lisa. So, uh, Van Hoydonk, 36. Now, tell, give me your workings again, Lee. What are you thinking about Reid? It's, it's the, the Ian Wohn debate again, isn't it? He's a scorer of great goals, but was he a great goal scorer? We could do that at the end if you want. Did it? Who's more Andy yeah, Reid or Ian Wayne? around on that. I think I'd be quite good at that. It'd be um, pretty quick, wouldn't it? <laughs> it was him. Um, was it I'm more go, or less than 36? I'm going to go less. Lower. Holly, by default, has won the point. It was one more. Andy Reid scored 37. Yay! Holly, have you got that as 37? That seems about right, isn't it? I'm just oh, double checking. Yeah. So Andy Reid actually scored six more than Wone as well. So yeah, well done, Holly, for doing nothing, just being in, in line. You got the point. Thank so you. who got who got the first point, Lee? Me, yeah. Correct. So Lisa, but what I like is Lisa, who I think hates the quizzes, likes this one so far, even though she ain't got a point. 
It's almost like, you know, when you take your, uh, you do something with your mum at Christmas and she doesn't care because she's been drinking. It's the taking part that counts. It is with this one, correct. I'm going to, a lot of this is from a really specific time of Forest. We're moving to appearances, guys. A lot of these are small appearances. And then we're going to go to the bigger appearances. So, Holly, Ben Olsen, I loved that guy, played 18 times for Nottingham Forest. And when you look at these people a lot of the time, they are now coaches and look really old and it makes you feel old. <laughs> ben Olsen, 18 appearances for Forest. Another guy I adored, Nicky Summerby, more or less. We're talking around the 2000, 2001 time when I had my season ticket and it was rubbish under Platten. First season under Paul Hart. I am the least stato person you'll ever meet. I'm oh, absolutely welcome. With, welcome yeah, to the quiz. Dreadful. Um, so I'm not going to do well with this one. I'm going to go higher. It's one less. It was 17 ah. for Nicky. Nicky Summerby was great at Forest. And him with uh, Blake. Remember Robbie Blake there from Bradford? Mm. Um, Francis Benali, Lisa, more or less than 17. He did bring his tash with him. I know that much. He did bring his tash with him. He didn't. He didn't have a tash when he was at Forest. Did he not? No, no, no. I was gutted. Wasn't good. It was less. It's about 19. It was 15, correct. So Francis Benali, 15. Mikel Beck, more or less. Um, little, with his little curtains. Yeah, that's right. Remember when he got signed off the back of Euro 96 and he was absolute dog egg. Mm. And then we got him on loan from the sheep. Higher. No, no, no. Only played five games. Did he? Mm. That was a bad season then, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, he was, he was rubbish. Um, Lee... One of my favourite pub stats, this one. Mikhail Beck, five. Matthew Upson. Huh. I think he played about half an hour, didn't he? So was, lower. I think it was Crystal Palace at home, if I remember rightly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Crystal Palace at home, he did his back and never seen him again. It was one. Yeah, well, I've yeah. classed it as one game, yeah. Um, uh, one of, uh, Some of these names. Andy Coley, more or less than one. Uh, more, sadly. Sadly, it was ten games. Yeah. How many goals? Uh, zero. Correct. Oh, there was Salenzi. Brilliant. Um Look at Holly get ready to pounce by Lee messing up on the last question. Because <laughs> I can't really ask you at the end, go if he gets it wrong, go, oh, it's higher than. Um, Andy Cole, 10 games. Nicholas the Lord, Bentner. Oh, um... Did we have to watch that more or less than 10 times? You know, when Lee's not doing it, I want to see the other two doing the fingers going higher or lower to put him on. I'm going to go less. Yeah, it was um, actually more. It was 15 games. Oh. Holly, you're live. Nicholas Bentner played Back. 15 times for Nottingham Forest. How many times did Eugene Daddy play for Nottingham Forest? If anyone, by the way, is looking up who the hell are these people, we thought that when we saw it happen. Seemed a nice guy, Eugene Daddy, but he looked more like a gladiator than a footballer, you know, like the old TV series. He looked like he was going to... Yeah, more than less than 15 games. Eugene Daddy. I'm going to go lower. You'd right to. He only played six games. What about Charlie George, the Arsenal legend? He played for Forest. Didn't know this. Um, in one of the pictures they showed it, he says he's 29, and it's that classic thing where he looks 50. Um, Charlie George. Oh. More or less than six. Um, I'm going to go lower. You're right, so he only played two. Ooh. I think I think one of them was a European Super Cup or something. He played two really random games. So quite easy now, apart from the last few. Charlie George, two games. Richard Goff. From Rangers, a Scottish international. How many games did he play? More or less than Charlie George on two. Higher. Seven. I think it came around the same time. John Harks, former Sheffield Wednesday American player. More or less than seven. Higher. Lisa, you're in. It's three. Mm. So, Lisa, 
Yeah, I'm going to wait to see your faces where we go with this. I think you'll know what's going to happen straight away. John Harkes was three. Gianluca Petrarchi. Ooh. Right, so which of the three actually played the most games? Well, I hope you know, because guess what's coming for the next two? <laughs> so Gianluca Petrarchi uh, was the one I considered the little goatee beard, slightly thinner of the three. Yeah. Uh, these are David Platt's Italians, for those of you who want to see some utter dross. More or less than three games? More. 13, correct. Mm. Next up, Salvatore Matricano. More, or, I've always remembered the names. I just I thought they rolled off the tongue really well. Uh, more or less than 13 for Matricano. This is do what you do well if you get these. I was he just was, figure he was out the midfield one, one who had a very Roman like bowl cut and a more rounded face. He wasn't the ancient one, he was like 50. Yeah, so he also played more. So you think more than Petrarchi? Yeah. It was actually 11. He played two games less. So Lee, the final one is Moreno Manini. Was it more or less than Salvatore Matricano? Who'd have thought I'd be on a podcast saying these names? I think he was the worst of the bunch. He might have been the worst, but did Platt play him a lot? Because remember, Platt called him the shrewdest defender he'd ever played against. Yeah, probably. Um... No, I'm going to go with my gut and say lower. It's lower by one. He played 10. So between them, they played 34 games between them. But wow. there you go. Lee takes the point. Final round. Here we go. Uh, Lee, I think you've more or less just won. No, who else has got one? Holly, you've got one and Lee's got two. So you could be a draw, which would be absolute decimation for Lisa, which I wouldn't really look at her face. So this is the other end of the scale. This is people we know have played a lot. But as you saw with the goals, it can often be, often be tricky. So I'm going to start with, who was it? One, two, three. It's Lisa to start, I do believe. Holly, I started with you on Mikel. No, I didn't. Yes, I did. Ben Olsen. So sorry about that. Lisa, Stevie, Stevie Stone, 193 games for Forest. Gary Parker, more or less. Same sort of thing. Less. Yeah, 90 less. 103. Mm. Quite shocked by that. Um, Mark. Crosley. <laughs> oh. More. Yeah, 200 more. 303. Chris, God, I love you, Cohen. Oh. oh now, now instantly, I'm going, no, he can't have done because he was always lower. How much lower? I, God. For those, for those of you listening, wasn't he? Well, he was, but there was also a lot of time out. Those of you listening, well, he was injured. Home, yeah, quite I, a lot lower. It is lower, but it's only 30 lower than Crosley. Wow. He played 272 times for Forest, which... Oh, love, love him. Love the man. Andy Reid. What was... what? How many was... Oh! <laughs> so Chris Cohen was 272. Reedy uh, didn't. Reedy, more or less. More. Less. Mm, I know I was wrong as soon as I said it. Sorry, Andy. So if, uh, if you ever get to listen to this, I'll come on the show, Andy Reid, Lisa doesn't really... Know anything about it. Uh, 263, <laughs> 263 for Andy Reid. So after Andy Reid, moving to you, Lee, Steve Sutton, more or less than 263. He was in goal a long time for Forrest, wasn't he, at one point? Hmm. Probably in goal for your first game, Lisa, when you said you went to see it. Was it Crosley? Oh, no, it wasn't Shilton. What? It was it Bert I'm Troutman? Brooklyn. Oh, okay. It's from Brooklyn. <laughs> All right, but that's not far off, son. Anyway, so um, less than 263 or more than 263 for Steve Sutton, Lee. I'm going to go more. It's actually less. It was 199. 
So moving on to Holly. I think you've got a chance of winning this now, Holly. We're looking what's left. Steve Sutton, 199. Stuart Psycho Pierce. Higher. Oh, yeah. 401. Big time higher. Safe bet, yeah. John McGovern. Now, I had no idea. I knew he won the European Cup with us. I knew he was there a while, but did he play a lot of games or did he go? 401 is a lot of games from Pierce. Yeah, I'll go lower. 253 for McGovern, correct. Mm. Jack, this is the FA Cup captain, Jack Burkett, more or less than McGovern on 253. Well, seeing as I didn't even know his name, I'm not going to know. <laughs> Do you know the only reason I did my granddad played bowls with him and he and in Skeg and me, he said, oh, my grandson sports for us and he gave me a little pin for his pin tie from the cup final and, and a signature and then somebody I know threw it away. I feel sick about that. But yeah, Jack, Jack Burkett, more or less than John McGovern on 250. On 250. Um, oh, I'm going to go higher. 463. Yay. Big time higher. Um, Jack Burkett, 463. Steve Chettle. Oh, Chets. Went on forever and ever, didn't he? Higher. Lisa, got any thoughts on Chet oh. being higher? It's 415. Why are you shaking your head at me? Is it wrong? I thought Chets was the highest of everyone, but according to the stats, I'd it was like Jack Burkett's got more. i to see where you're getting your... <laughs> see, I'm going to have to double-check it, because I'm sure I thought Chet was, and then everything I read said it was that. Let's just do, I don't care. Let's, have a, let's do a loan. Let's, no, something offered me a loan. Let's have a look. Chettle, because I might have... I thought Chettle played nearer 500 times. I thought Chettle yeah. was like... The, I thought Chettle was actually the, like, the most appearances. So when I saw I, that, I thought Chettle and Pierce played a very similar amount together. Together. So here it says, as a player, he was a defender from eighty six to two thousand and five. Was best known for his time as a player at Forest, where he made four hundred and fifteen appearances and played numerous in the Premier League and League Cup and runner up in the FA Cup. That's Wikipedia. Well, if Wiki says it, it's got to be right. <laughs> but then on Premier League Heroes, it says started his professional career in 86. He went on to make 527 appearances for us in all competitions. I like the sound of that one better. So I'm going to give you it. 527, Steve Chettle. Des Walker, your final one, higher or lower? Oh, it's so tough. They're all similar kind of. Mm, I'm going to go lower. Yeah, I'm pretty sure when the stats are right, the channel is the highest. So, uh, yeah, correct. It's, it's a draw between Lee, me and you, Lisa. Don't you to others do it. We'll clap them. We'll say, well done, Lisa. Yeah. Oh, oh, really? Really, really <laughs> bad kind of grace of doing it. So, listen, uh, thank you again for joining in. If any of you are listening and you've got any ideas for any quizzes or anything you want to quiz the guys on, it would help me because quite clearly my Google is made uh, as a cut price version, which only which takes off 100 appearances if you ever played for Nottingham Forest. I'd like to say thank you to Lisa, thank you to Lee, thank you to Holly, thank you to our special guest, Jerry, for his cup story as well. Uh, what have we learned? We've learned that um, some people have dads who make suits for cup winners. Um, people have rubbish Google. We've learned that two in midfield is a thing uh, when you need to go for a win. We've heard that a lot of people can sing the song Carvalho, and even if they didn't know it, they can learn it really quickly. And we've also learned that the people are a fickle bunch, but at the same time, you only get a certain shelf life and uh, you need to start getting some wins pretty soon because that heat gets on your on your rump pretty quick, doesn't it, guys? Um, I'm not condoning it, guys, by the way. It's not a thing of wanting people out. I want Forrest to do well at the end of the day. I know, you know, that's all that really matters. And we will always be 
forever forest so that's it uh see you next week uh i'm starting to lose all chance of knowing how to speak and words so i'm gonna go this one is dedicated to Gianluca Petrarchi, Salvatore Matricano, and Marina Manini. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.